all of you who have been baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation this morning as we remember Jesus' baptism and remember our own baptisms is taken from our second lesson taken from Titus, Paul's letter to Titus, chapter 3, beginning at verse 4. St. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says this about your baptism. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, who clothes us with the robe of his righteousness at our baptism, covering over all of our sins, dear friends in Jesus Christ. Few things in life are as profoundly changing as the birth of a child. All of you who are parents out there know what I'm talking about. When a child is born, everything changes. Nothing is ever going to be the same again, whether that's number one, number two, number three, or more. Usually it's in a good way, maybe not always, but it sure is different. Everything changes completely when a child is added to a family. And I suppose that's why people often make such an elaborate thing out of announcing the birth of a child. Some people still do the old-fashioned sending out cards in the mail or, or maybe they just do a, a, a big mass email or text or they post clever and catchy things on their social media pages like Facebook or, or Instagram or maybe even just the, the good old-fashioned like maybe your dad or grandparents did with passing out cigars to all the guys they meet. That's what I did when my kids were born. Well, uh, of all of the announcements of births that have taken place in history, none come even close to being as elaborate as God's announcement of the birth of his child, of the birth of his beloved eternal son, Jesus Christ. He didn't, of course, send an email or pass out cigars. He sent angels, a whole multitude of angels who proclaimed the birth of his son in Bethlehem. Why such an elaborate birth announcement? Well, because of the big change that that birth made, not just for Mary and Joseph, but for you and me and for, for the entire world. Well, this morning, we're talking about a different kind of birth. Actually, we're focusing on a rebirth, being born again. And we're not talking about somebody else being reborn we're focusing on ourselves our rebirth at your baptism you were born again and and this has had a profound complete eternal change in your life it changed you completely it changed your status before God. It changed your eternal future with Him. It connected you to Christ. It covered you with Him. Therefore, this deserves, wouldn't you agree, this deserves a big announcement. Your rebirth deserves to have a grand announcement. And you have one from God. 
maybe not quite as dramatic as a choir of angels singing in the night or the thunderous voice of God the Father as we saw at Jesus' baptism proclaiming him his son. But something just as miraculous and just as amazing. And that rebirth announcement from God about your rebirth in baptism, we just heard it. God inspired his apostle Paul to record it in a letter he wrote to a pastor by the name of Titus. Here's your rebirth announcement again. He says, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. There's your rebirth announcement. This morning, as we consider and celebrate Jesus' baptism at the Jordan River, let's take a look at this rebirth announcement of us and uncover all of the glories and graces God reveals to us through it. Jesus said, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Well, normally, if, if you've got to do something again, that implies something was wrong with the first time, right? If a student hands in a term paper and the teacher gives it back to him with a note saying, rewrite, that student can be sure that first one wasn't very good. Better do it again. Or, or an employee who, who hands in a project that had, his employer had given to him and the employer says, no, you've got to do that again. No, was, uh, the first time I did, didn't do very well on it. So what's wrong with our birth? What's wrong with us? Why do we have to be born again? A lot of people probably don't think you do need to be born again. Uh, parents who have a new baby, who have welcomed a new bundle of joy into their lives and their families will maybe say things like, oh, she's perfect. She's just completely perfect. And we probably can cut them some slack, right? But the truth is there are no perfect babies. None. You weren't perfect when you were born. Your kids weren't perfect when they were born. I wasn't perfect when I was born. My kids were not perfect. Little Kennedy, sorry, Loren and Andrew, she's not perfect either. We're not talking about physical issues or defects, something a lot more profound than that. Here's what David, the man that we heard being anointed as the king of Israel in our first lesson this morning, said about himself, he said, Surely I was sinful at birth. In fact, he went on to say, Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. We're not perfect. Far from it. Every single person in this world, since Adam and Eve's fall into sin, is born imperfect and flawed in a most profound way. We come into this world with, number one, the ability to sin. We come equipped knowing how to do it. And we come into this world wanting to do it. We call that original sin. It started with the first sin of our first parents. And sadly, Tragically, it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. You got it from your parents, and they got it from their parents, and all the way back to our 
first parents. Amazingly, there, there are some who, who, who deny this thing that theologians have labeled original sin. There are some who, who really do believe that, that children come into this world perfect, holy, innocent. When I encounter that, I, I, and I read about it or somebody tells me, and my first thought is, you're not a parent, are you? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Parents, did you have to teach your children how to be self-centered and rebellious? Did you have to show them how to sin? Or just think of your own life. Who, who taught you? No one. We don't have to do that. It just comes automatically. It comes naturally. We are born into this world not just with a few blemishes, a, a few minor issues that if we work hard enough we can overcome or, you know, they're so minor that maybe God will overlook. Remember, sin is a huge deal. The holy God cannot and will not tolerate sin nor sinners. This is a huge problem, folks. When we are born into this world, we are born into our parents' families, but we're not born into God's family. And sin says you can't be part of his family. Sin says you will be eternally cut off from him, separated from him forever. Wow. So what do we do about it? Well, the answer is we can't do anything about it. But here's the better answer. What we can't do, God did. If he left us to our own devices, we would be forever cut off from him. But God wouldn't do that. Listen again to how, how St. Paul describes it in our reading this morning. He says, When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Kindness and love. That, that's, those are some amazing descriptions of God, but, but Paul isn't just talking about some abstract concepts here. He is specifically talking about the appearance of Jesus, our Savior. And here's the really amazing part. At your baptism, God connected you to his son Jesus Christ, the one he sent into this world to take away the sins of the world. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, he was identifying himself with us sinners, something that would continue all the way to the cross when he took on our sins and paid for them all. But at your baptism, God identified you with him. There are, there are some who, I think, fail to understand and appreciate just how amazing baptism is. Uh, I think some look at baptism as more or less a, 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 a ritual, a, a symbolic ritual that, that we do to show our connection with God. But in, in reality, it's so much better than that. It's the opposite of that. We don't do anything. God does it all. You think of your birth. Think of the birth of a child. Think of your own birth. We didn't do anything. We didn't chose to be born. We contributed nothing to our birth other than some pain for our mothers. 
In the same way, our rebirth is all God's choosing. He did it all. He did it all by making us born again. When you were born again, when you were baptized, God gave you a clean start, a fresh slate. Think of, uh, think of the, the year that we're now into. Eight, year, eight days ago, we, we entered a brand new year, 2022. As we were reminded last Sunday by Pastor Ulhorn, you know, in a reality, January 1st is really no different than any other new day. But we often think of the start of a new year as a chance to, to make a, a new beginning. The, the, the problems, the mistakes, the bad choices, the bad habits that we had in the last year, that's behind us and a brand new year lies ahead of us. And so that's why people like to make New Year's resolutions. The problem with that is just because it's a new year, just because now you have to write 2022 on a, on a check, doesn't really make everything new. And just because we make a resolution to try to start over again and, and, and begin with a, with a clean slate, it doesn't really do that. Not automatically, not without a whole lot of effort on our part. And you and I know the reality that so often those resolutions we make with the best of intentions don't last very long. It's a new year on January 1st, but January 2nd, well, we're back to the same old, same old. But not with your rebirth. When you were born again at your baptism, God gave you a fresh start, a clean slate, a new beginning, and it doesn't end the day after your baptism. It continues. It continues because now you have a brand new identity. God, as St. Paul writes to us this morning in his letter to Titus, says you are now heirs of heaven. You are God's son or daughter. That's a new identity. It's a permanent identity. It's a perfect identity. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit was poured out onto him. He came down in the form of bodily form, physical, visible form of a dove. When you were baptized, I am quite certain a dove did not come down from heaven and land on top of you. However, the Holy Spirit was poured out on you no different than when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. St. Paul reminds us of that amazing truth in this rebirth announcement this morning. He says, God saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. When you were baptized, the Holy Spirit took up residence in you in your heart. Your body is now his temple. It's a permanent home, not a temporary stopping place. The Holy Spirit in you, working through word and sacrament, keeps you close to God, protects you, strengthens you, guides you. And also, this new identity reminds us our lives are now different, and they ought to look different. We are sons and daughters of the king. We ought to act that way. 
People ought to know that by seeing us and listening to us. And once again, your baptism equips you for that. It motivates you, it strengthens you, it equips you to live a God-pleasing life. Are we going to do it perfectly? Not this side of heaven. But once again, we go back to our new birth. We go back to our baptism and we remember that every single day we get to start fresh. Christ's robe of righteousness covers us completely. Each day we stand before God with our old sinful nature drowned and a new self that, that appears before God making us his beloved children. When you were born again, it, it created a profound and permanent and perfect change in your life. Something worthy of a grand announcement. No, angels didn't announce it. God's thundering voice from heaven didn't proclaim it. But God did proclaim it. He did announce your rebirth. He announces it in his word. Remember that. Dwell on it. Meditate on that. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that you have been born again in your baptism and celebrate that. Not just on the first Sunday after Epiphany, but every single day. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.